Blog Talk Radio. Lucis Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations, and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Inner Sight. Inner Sight is simply seeing that which is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have, within you, the ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way, with new eyes. So stay with us, and together we'll look at the world and ourselves with Inner Sight. Our topic for today is Consciousness, Part 4. And... All of the um, dialogue that you'll hear on this show, that all of it emanates from the works of Alice Bailey. Alice Bailey is the founder of the Lucis Trust organization, and Lucis Trust sponsors this show. And all of the dialogue, everything that you hear, really emanates from her 24 volumes of literature, as does uh, this thought that we have here. What must be grasped is that all that is is ever-present, and so many people say that all we really have is the ever-present now, but this seems to contradict that. I'd like to hear Sarah's point of view on the meaning of that thought. Well, the idea that um, the ever-present now uh, is all there is refers to the concept of time, but we're told in the writings of Alice Bailey that time and space are both Um, constructs of the brain Mm -hmm. and that if we didn't have to work through a brain, if we were um, able to exist on the level of pure consciousness where we wouldn't be um, impeded by time and space we would realize that all is ever present we simply, and I'm putting that in quotes, we simply have to develop eyes to see it that one of the earlier programs on this subject, I mentioned that wonderful quotation by Blake, who said that if the doors of perception were cleansed, we would see everything as it is, infinite. And I think that's another way of expressing this thought, that all that is, is ever-present, but we don't see it, because we're limited, we have blinders on, in a sense, which are created by our own assumptions, our own limitations, our own... Uh, prejudices and um, self-focus, everything that keeps us from really opening up to the world and keeps us from identifying with the whole of life and focused on our own little narrow tiny world is what uh, impedes our realization of the, the wholeness and the perfection of life as it is now. And also, you know, just uh, in keeping with what you're saying, too, and it may sound uh, very difficult for people to comprehend it, but when when I think of the time that I was on an airplane, one of these propellered airplanes that was leaving for Puerto Rico and about to go to St. Thomas, I was 
looking and uh, looking out the window, and I was sitting at a seat where uh, I was being blocked by the propeller, and I couldn't see anything. And then all of a sudden, the engine started in the plane, and the plane started to uh, rev up, and I looked out, and the propeller was going a million miles an hour. And all of a sudden, it was though I didn't see the propeller, but I saw everything that was beyond the propeller. I was able to see what was there, and perhaps that's similar to what you're saying, Sarah. So uh, we're not really geared mentally or... Uh, with with our psychodynamics, we're not really wired that way to see certain things. But uh, when something changes, when there's some sort of a paradigm shift, maybe everything opens up to us. I think so. They've done experiments with um, eyesight to show that as people go through an expanded awareness of their environment or they go through a profound uh, awakening, often due to trauma or shock or wartime or whatever, that uh, they are able to see in a new way, and um, mm-hmm. it's they had they have the same eyes they did before. It's not that their vision changes, but something has gotten out of the way. Some veil has uh, withdrawn, and they're able to see a bit further than they did before. It's stage by stage. Mm-hmm. Illumination doesn't come overnight and totally. It's uh, incremental. Mm-hmm. And that's what what uh, the spiritual path does. It's a process of opening up uh, a longer and longer range view of reality. And when we're, when we're on that path, I guess the uh, premise is that we uh, that we reach uh, new levels of consciousness. And since we're speaking about consciousness, does does consciousness originate in the brain? Um, and are the brain and the mind are they the same? Uh, no and no. Uh, a lot of people today... Well, clear that up. <laughs> uh, the hard part is trying to explain why I said no. Um, a lot of people today seem to equate the mind with the brain, but the brain, as I understand it, is just the physical um, mechanism that enables the mind, which is consciousness, which is of the soul, uh, which is non-physical, to uh, register its impressions and recognitions in a way that uh, the human being living in a physical body can grasp them and uh, uh, give expression to them. How how would you respond? Well, it's described in the uh, Bailey writings that the, the mind is a like an ovoid, you know, kind of a body. In fact, they call it, refer to it as the mental body mind principle that uh, surrounds the person and interpenetrates the brain so that there is this uh, subtle realm of consciousness that uh, really isn't the brain but it works through the brain and the brain is necessary to make uh, contact with the soul and consciousness to make contact with the physical world. So there is a great distinction there between the brain and and uh, the mind. It's, it's easy to uh, confuse the two as being one because, you know, in, in scientific investigations and psychological investigations, they do get brainwave readings and that sort of thing. So it seems that all of this is originating in the mind, in the brain. <clears throat> but it's, um, as far as I understand it, it is really... Um, the mind's reaction with the brain cells that is causing this, um, the uh, instruments to uh, register. 
Well, wouldn't uh, a parallel be the computer, which uh, in which the knowledge that you have put into it resides, but the computer is not the uh, the holder of the knowledge, not the creator of the knowledge, and not the originator of the knowledge. It's just a mm-hmm. uh, a means by which that knowledge becomes grounded in in words. And in a way, it strikes mm-hmm. me that maybe the brain works the same way. Yeah, I guess you could say that the the computer is like the brain, and uh, the mind is the the person, the operator that uh, operates it. So. Um, um, it is, you know, a, a difficult concept, perhaps for um, particularly those in the uh, scientific community that uh, have worked with the brain and you know the psychological effects of uh, consciousness, and so they are um, um, tendency to be at the uh, of, of the opinion that um, the brain and the mind are one and the same, but. I think they're not. To me, the most advanced human being, and this is my own personal opinion, but uh, the the most advanced human being to me is one who uh, uh, feels love in his heart, demonstrates love, uh, has an attitude of goodwill towards his fellow man. And I would like to think that mankind will evolve to what I think is that higher state of consciousness. But uh, a lot of changes would have to uh, take place for man to get to that point, I think. And what are, what are some of the subtle ways that affect a change in human consciousness? It seems so impossible to happen, but can and it happen? It's happening all the time. Our consciousness is expanding all the time. And we can look back on, say, the past century and say that uh, humanity's consciousness has made an incredible expansion. It's just that we may think... Uh, it should be like the cartoon where the light bulb comes on over the head of Dagwood when he got a bright idea. It doesn't really work like that. It's more subtle and more uh, slow in its progression, uh, at least when you speak of the evolutionary um, expansion of consciousness, which means through life experience, through relationships, through uh, suffering and uh, achievement. That's the normal way that consciousness expands. But it can also be forced, in a sense, through spiritual practices. Some of these are safe and some of them are not. Um, spiritually, the consciousness is correlated with the centers that exist in the person's body along the region of the spinal column. Uh, Some of our audience may have heard of the word chakra, which is a Sanskrit term. In in English, we refer to them as centers, and there are seven centers along the spine and in the head that progressively open with the expansion of consciousness. And they open in response to the expanding of consciousness rather than one taking uh, steps to force the centers open uh, in order to have an expanded consciousness, that's the wrong way to go about it, and uh, it's actually a very uh, dangerous practice to do that. But it's said in in the Ageless Wisdom that when the thousand-petaled lotus in the head is open, the consciousness is completely open and universal in its um, 
In its expression, in its registration, this thousand-petaled lotus in the head is uh, something that may sound very strange to people, but it's uh, one of the fundamental concepts of the ageless wisdom. And again, I'm speaking about a center in the etheric body, in the energy body, not in the inside the cranium. Mm. Yeah, you were asking about what subtle changes uh, affect consciousness and I sometimes think that uh, a lot of changes come about by uh, physical happenings and uh, well like September 11th I mean that was a real awakening I think of human consciousness and um, sometimes natural disasters will have an effect on people uh, particularly um, um, the effects of hurricanes and floods and tornadoes and uh, <clears throat> it kind of sets them back and makes you makes them kind of think and uh, I think that perhaps there are subtle messages here being given out in 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 disasters like this and then I was thinking the other day about a, a wonderful really expanding experience about when the um, when the, the first spaceships went up to the moon and we got that wonderful view of the earth from the moon I mean that was a tremendously expanding uh, um, experience for everybody on earth because they could see themselves from, from two angles and um, it, it really gave you a sense of the whole the wholeness of the earth and I think if really one took that in then that would be uh, a tremendous make a tremendous impact in consciousness. Meditation uh, is uh, another way that you can effect a um, a change <coughs> in human consciousness. People may think that um, meditation is done for the relief of stress or for relaxation, but in fact, real uh, meditation is meant to gradually expand the the borders of the consciousness. Mm-hmm. It's also a means, uh, interestingly, of radiating certain spiritual energies into human consciousness in general. And this is a tremendous form of group service. Group meditation done to radiate light and love and uh, the will to good into human consciousness is a way to expand consciousness without uh, effecting manipulation of people's consciousness or or overcoming their will it's not that at all those who are responsive to these energies will respond those who are impervious to them won't be disturbed by the energies of light and love in the least but it's a it's a powerful means of expanding consciousness the practice of meditation for those people who just tuned in you're listening to inner sight and today we're speaking about consciousness and we've had four shows on it. This is the fourth. And by the way, we're giving you a gift today. If you'd like our gift, all you really have to do is uh, give us a phone call on our toll-free number. The gift is a pamphlet. And the title of the pamphlet is The Energy of Light. And more or less in that pamphlet, you'll find the essence of what we're speaking about today. And if you want to know more about uh, this particular subject, consciousness, and perhaps even uh, reaching a higher level of our own consciousness, uh, you might order that book and uh, we'll send it out to you free of charge. You can give us a call on our toll-free number, 1-866-695-8247. 
The easy way to remember it is 1-866-NY-LUCIS. Think of 1-866-NEW-YORK-LUCIS. And all the work of the LUCIS Trust, including this radio program, is funded by the voluntary donations of people like yourselves who support the goals of the LUCIS Trust. We are not endowed, nor do we have a wealthy benefactor who helps us to pay for this program. We depend on the donations, large and small, of individuals, so please give if you want these programs to continue on the air. Donations can be sent to Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. Once again, donations can be sent to Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. And also, if you want to make more direct contact with the Lucis Trust and, and its staff, you're welcome to come to our monthly meditation meetings. Please write or call for a meeting schedule. And I guess one of the most uh, commonly asked questions is, is Lucis Trust a religion? And, of course, you can find out much more about it. Um, evolves, progresses. Um, each higher kingdom makes an impact on the kingdoms below it using um, up and down uh, words, which really aren't quite the right um, words, but language is so limiting. Uh, and the human kingdom, in turn, is going to progress into the kingdom of the soul. That's what the spiritual path is meant to effect. Yes, and we're in the process of uh, moving into that kingdom now because as the the reappearance of the Christ uh, is um, that's what his reappearance is designed to help bring about the founding of this new kingdom, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of souls and that will uh, manifest in a whole new different dimension of consciousness and um, it won't necessarily bring through a <coughs> new species but a, perhaps we'll see a more refined uh, human being a more um, more apt human being a more one that's more capable and because this mind human mind will be more awake and um, more have more capacity for um, greater spiritual demonstration, and we know from the writings of um, in the Alice Bailey books that uh, uh, she speaks a great deal about the masters of the wisdom that we've talked about before, and these are beings who have gone through that human stage and have gone beyond, and now ex exist in this um, other dimensions, and so. If they have done it, uh, then it, the way is open for every human being to do it also. Another aspect of the progression of consciousness that I think is very noticeable today is the development of group consciousness. We see uh, more and more the realization that people have to form a part of a larger whole, not only to attain their objectives, but to preserve and um, protect themselves. I think we realize we can't stand alone. The old uh, ideal of the lone pioneer, I think, is something of the past. And the world uh, in the present day condition, I think, makes it clear that we have to stand together or fall completely. 
we need each other. People realize this, and they are coming together in groups of all types to um, work for the betterment of their condition and uh, sometimes to serve in a very selfless, uh, open-hearted way. So this, again, is a sign of the progression of consciousness, and it's an indication that humanity among some of its members at least, is moving into the stage of um, the consciousness of the soul, which is a higher level than the ordinary mm -hmm. human consciousness. That group consciousness tends to take one away from centered on the self, mm -hmm. on the little self, the individual selfish little self that wants only his... Uh, the one uh, that says, me, 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 <coughs> me. Right. And uh, the uh, group consciousness enables uh, this self-consciousness to look beyond itself, to reach beyond itself, and to work for some other greater purpose beyond its own little individual purpose. And that, as you say, is a, the next stage uh, which we're moving into, and it's already manifesting because... Uh, in a global world that we're moving into, not much can happen in by individual effort. It takes a group effort to uh, accomplish so much uh, of the um, work that goes on at the global level that uh, it, it's impossible for just one individual to be uh, to to do much by himself. I think. I suppose it is important, though, to point out that consciousness doesn't pertain only to the human kingdom. It exists on all levels of life. It's not the kind of consciousness we are familiar with, but the consciousness, for example, of the vegetable kingdom is progressing in the development of um, more refined and beautiful species of plants, um, trees, and so on. And in the animal kingdom, too, it's progressing. And the writings of Alice Bailey say that each kingdom carries the consciousness aspect forward to greater perfection and demonstrates greater sensitivity and responsiveness to the divinity, the divine creator, than did the lower kingdom. So it's an evolutionary progression from mineral to vegetable, animal, and human. All of these kingdoms are, are expressing the... Um, uh, the consciousness aspect in their own ways and in absolutely needed and um, radiant, wonderful ways. How, what would our world be without the vegetable kingdom, without the beauty of the plants and uh, forests and so on, and without the animals? Mm. Well, what are you saying about humanity uh, evolving to such higher states of consciousness? It's hopeful, it's optimistic, but... There's so much cruelty mm -hmm. in the world today. Why do things look so discouraging today? Part of it, I think, has to do with the set of attitudes and experiences each of us brings to our view of the world. Uh, we are looking out on, at the world through our own attitude, in a sense. Um, our own doors of perception aren't necessarily cleansed. They might be quite fogged in with our own prejudices and uh uh, sorrows and bitternesses and regrets. So that's one reason that things look grim. Another is that we don't always understand that growth and uh, evolution happen sometimes through pain, 
and that that can be a necessary spur to the expansion of consciousness. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, <clears throat> as as you say, uh, discouraging is is only a matter of perception, and uh, it it seems pers- uh, kind of discouraging if if one is focused on his own particular uh, particular life. Uh, uh, purpose or life uh, circumstances, and which may uh, be kind of painful, going through a lot of pain and strife, strife and struggle, and so forth. But behind all of this, there is something much, much greater purpose working out. And I think that's the important thing. We have to to look beyond this and uh, to look underneath of what's really happening here, because a lot has to be cleared away. And that's essentially what's what's happening, and uh, we've mentioned this before. We're going through a transition stage between an old age and a new age, and there is a, a great, um, um, tremendous revelations ahead of us that's going to uh, create a, a more vibrant and beautiful world. I'm sure of that. Mm-hmm. And then maybe too, it's maybe it's like two steps. Maybe our uh, progress or evolution. Maybe it's uh, two steps forward and one step backward. And uh, maybe we see the two steps forwards, but we know the one step backwards, so we get kind of confused. Maybe the way you're explaining it, we are indeed progressing. Are there any more uh, thoughts on this uh, on this topic today? Well, no, it's it's all related back to uh, the opening thought. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me. All that is is ever present, and we're in the process of mm-hmm. discovering that. So, well, our, our our closing thought too can be that uh, once again we're giving you a gift. We'll be happy to send it out to you, of course, free of charge. And uh, if you want that gift, give us a call on our toll-free number one eight six 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 nine five eight two four seven. The easy way to remember one eight six six N Y Lucis. Think of one eight six six. New York, Lucis. That's about all the time we have for our discussion today. You've been listening to Inner Sight. Now we'd like to close with a world prayer called the Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you. 
Amazon has everything for back to school. Zebra lunchbox? Check. Cool Adidas gear like t-shirts, shoes, and backpacks? Check. Triceratops folders and pencils? Check. Lasercat t-shirts? Check. Get your back to school shopping done now at Amazon.com slash back to school and enjoy free shipping on millions of items. No need to leave your home or hassle with crowds. Amazon.com. No better place to get everything back to school from A to Z. Amazon has everything for back to school. Zebra lunchbox? Check. Cool Adidas gear like t-shirts, shoes, and backpacks? Check. Triceratops folders and pencils? Check. Lasercat t-shirts? Check. Get your back to school shopping done now at Amazon.com slash back to school and enjoy free shipping on millions of items. No need to leave your home or hassle with crowds. Amazon.com. No better place to get everything back to school from A to Z.